Come on, give it up for our actors. Man, so good to be with you this morning. And uh, that's my beautiful daughter, Brielle, with Princess Jasmine, played by Janelle. How fitting is that? And I'm excited because Brielle will start kindergarten uh, Monday. And how many of you started school already? Somebody? So a couple of people started school already. And, and uh, man, we're so excited for w- school and what's happening. And just to let you know, parents, that all of our uh, soon-to-be kindergartners, whether they start this week or next week or in a couple weeks, we'll go ahead and promote to our elementary. And our elementary uh, fifth graders will move into middle school ministry with Ross Ferrer. And so we're super excited about that. Uh, But I want to take a moment to pray for all of our teachers and faculty and students. So if you're in any of those categories, a teacher, a faculty, or a student, raise your hand high. Raise a high, look around, look it around. Okay, go ahead and extend your hand towards them and let's pray for them. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I just, I thank you for Jordan Simmons, God. I thank you, Father, for our students in this place. God, I thank you for Josh Simmons, Lord. I just pray that you would bless them this year. I pray that you would go before them this year. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they would know you intimately this year and be a light into dark places. And Lord Jesus, I pray that they would not fall into pressure that their friends bring them. They would not fall into pressure. God, that comes around them. Lord, I pray that they would say, yes, we are standing for Christ and Christ alone. And so, Lord, give them the faith. Give them the ability. I pray that you would touch them. Help their transitions. Help their grades. Help them in every way, Father God. We pray that you would bless them, Father. And we thank you for our teachers and our faculty members, God, who are out there, God, making disciples in school. Lord, we pray that you would just be upon them. I pray that you would give them discernment on how to be the gospel when culture is trying to take over and try to evade. Lord, I pray that you would be with them and that you would be on them, that you would rest upon them. Lord, would it not just be a job, but would it be a calling? Would it be what you called them to in this season? So, Lord, I look at Chantal Marithi. I pray that you would bless her. Hannah Peterson, I pray that you would bless her. Hannah Vasquez, I pray that you would bless her. My wife, Brandy, I pray that you would bless her. God, I just pray that you would just fill them with faith this year to do what you called them to do. There would be no compromise. And, Lord, I may pray. God, as we're praying as a church, Lord, there are students who come into those classrooms who come from hard situations. Lord, not knowing where a meal will come from, not knowing who loves them, wondering why they were created. And, Lord, I pray that these teachers, God, at Luminous Church would have the answers. God, that they would speak your truth in the gospel, and it would prevail in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give all of them a big hand? Thank you so much for what you do. I'm excited to share God's word this morning with you. The power went out on Pastor Austin like five times last week, and he had just an incredible sermon. So I go, I'm just not going to prep as hard, and just in case the power goes out. Praise God. We're talking about the movie Raya, the movie Raya this morning, and, and more importantly, we're talking about the gospel, and we're talking about the word of God and the Bible, and we're using Raya as an illustration, and we want to take this principle or this characteristic that's in Raya that we find in there in this theme of trust. Everybody say trust. Trust. We want to use this theme of trust, but we want to help move into the word and guide us through that. Proverbs 3 Five through six, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. That's primarily what we're going to use as our theme of verse for this morning as we begin to see what God is saying through that. 
But let me, let me tell you about Raya. How many of you have seen it? How many of you haven't seen it? If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. It's, it's incredibly awesome. It's emotional. Every time I watch it, I cry over and over again. I'm just a really softy. I'm a softy. That's why Brandy married me. I'm soft and she's hard. And so she's domination. So, so Raya is incredible, but it's about this world that's all together, and there's peace and harmony. There's Kumandra, if you will, and this peace and harmony exists between all the lands. And then everything went awry, and, and destruction happened, and one that happened, and division happened in the unity of the land. The Drones came out. Everybody say Drones. Yeah, it's supposed to say it real dark and evil like drones. So the drones came out and they started going and they started basically taking over the land. And, and everybody they came across, their, their heart of flesh would turn into a heart of stone and they would become statues. And, and it was taking over all the land. But the dragon in Raya, the, the last dragon, saves the day and puts all the unity magic. Yes, I'm using magic in a sermon. That won't happen much. And you putting all this unity magic in this crystal ball, and there it is. And it's keeping uh, what I would refer to as common grace in the land. Common grace. Common grace is a theological term that we will find in our life, that, that those who are in Christ find all the fullness and abundance and life in Christ, but those who are outside of Christ can still find pleasures and happiness and live a happily ever after and know love and know how to extend love. There's this moment where God has given the earth. Until the final judgment, this common grace where you can still enjoy some of his goodness and some of his greatness. So maybe you don't know Christ and you're like, man, I'm actually okay. I'm having a pretty good life. I want to let you know that's because God has given you some common grace to enjoy it. But that will be fleeting. And we need to know his abundant grace who's found only in Christ. So in movie Raya, there's some common grace in this ball of magic, if you will. And this ball of magic, everybody wants this ball of magic because they feel like it has extra blessings. So there's greed and there's strife and there's all these things that are happening. But there's a man who said unity is still possible and we need to bring everybody together and we can still have Kumandra, peace between everybody, utopia, if you will, in this moment. And Raya comes across her friend. Check out our first clip. And Namari, a thing. Hi, Namari. I'm Raya. <gasps> Is that Sisu? Uh, sorry, um, yeah, I might be a little bit of a dragon nerd. Maybe we really could be Kumandra again. One dragon nerd to another. Hmm. Hey, come with me, Dabla. I want to show you something. dragon magic left in the whole world. I see why Heart guards it so closely. Thank you, Debla. 
You've been very helpful. In a different world, maybe we could have been friends. But I have to do what's right for Faye. And everybody wants to go see the movie, right? Like, yeah, we're on the edge of our seats. You're no longer reclining, you know? Praise God for that. It is this moment, right, where they think they're buddy buddies, they think they're friends, and then there's betrayal. And we find ourselves in a like manner in the world today. The fact is that the world is broken. And although we enjoy common grace and although there is unity to be had and there's things that we can enjoy, it's still a broken world. And I know that many of us in this place, in this room, have experienced broken trust. In fact, when you see Kamari kick Raya in the back like that, maybe that felt a little familiar to you. Maybe you have been kicked in the back by somebody that you placed trust in. Maybe you had a moment where there was these relationships where you were, you were building and you were thinking life was getting back to normal. And maybe, you know, I feel like the Delta variant has kicked me in the back again. Anybody else? Like, seriously, are we over COVID? And it feels like, boom, no, you can't trust that vaccine. You know, so it just, it just feels like, man, all these things that we put our trust in, thinking that, man, this is it, finally rest, finally peace, and then betrayal. And the reason there is betrayal is because there's brokenness in our world. You see, since the beginning, when God created man and woman perfectly in his image, they, they tended to the garden, but they were seduced and, and they fell into temptation. And when they fell into temptation, the world went awry. It went haywire. And destruction happened, and we find that evil and brokenness is all around. And everywhere we look, it's more evil and brokenness. We're in a broken world. And in a broken world, we're constantly looking for things to fix us, things to make us unbroken. So we start making things idle in our lives. So we start making these little gods in our life. If I just worship and give myself to this, maybe I will experience Kumandra or maybe I'll experience peace. Psalm 115 verse 4 says, their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel, feet, but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. We are in a broken world, and we're constantly looking at idols that have no true promise. We have made things idols in our life, and some of us have made not just things, but other people idols we've made our spouse idol we made our best friend idol we've, we've made our boss or our employees or the corporation we work for or the invention that we made or whatever it is we made it idol because through that we find pleasure but then we find that there's really no life it disappoints over and over and over again an idol is putting others and objects before God. Whatever you're putting before God, others and objects before God has become idol 
And through that worship, you think you will be truly at rest. But it proves to be false. So the proverbial wisdom is this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. This is what he does, that we would trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Everybody say all. And lean not on our own understanding in all your ways. Everybody say all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. There's this moment of all that trust is all and in all that we completely trust him. And Proverbs would say trust him with everything that's inside of you. Give yourself to him in worship. Give yourself to him as God over all gods. Give yourself completely to him. And what happens is there's temptation to not do this because, and it's, it's so enticing in every culture. Every culture has its things, right? It's things to entice us. I find oftentimes in the American culture, one thing that we have, it's consumerism, right? Where you, where you keep consuming but never satisfied. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I mean, that was me, right, with the cinnamon roll this morning. Kept consuming. I wanted two, but I said, no, one and a half is enough. I'm just kidding. We consume and consume and consume and consume, and the tendency is that consumerism easily becomes sinful behavior because it doesn't satisfy. Nothing wrong with shopping. In fact, this is a good plug for Diane Adams in Boysville. A lot of you have bought a bunch of hoodies for those at Boysville. We collected, I think, 38 hoodies last week. Awesome. Some of you brought some hoodies this week. But also, I was talking to Grace Covenant Church, and they do Grace Loves, and we partner together with Luminous Loves. And as we're loving people in our city, we've given meals to hospital workers, and now we're giving sweatshirts and hoodies to Boysville, a foster care movement. They said, we want to match whatever your goal is. I was like, man, we'd be grateful to have 50. We'll buy 50. So every sweatshirt you gave just multiplied. They're buying 50 sweatshirts for Boysville. Part of Luminous Loves meets Grace Love. So thankful for our sister, Every Nation Church in Washington, D.C., who's sponsoring those. They don't even know us. They don't even know these kids. They, just, they said, we're going to give. We're going to sow. See, consumerism, so it's not bad to consume things. We all have to consume food, consume water. We have to consume some clothes. Otherwise, we walk around naked, right? We, we have to consume some things. But consumerism oftentimes leans itself into sin because it starts to become an idol that doesn't satisfy. I got one pair of shoes. I need two ultra boosts. I need three ultra boosts. I need, you know, the white ones with no dirt. And if they get scuffed, I'm going to go buy another pair, right? One that I wear out and one that I wear in. Consumerism and us as believers and as Christians, we don't need to be 
just consumers and fall into that. We need to actually be benefactors and walk in the benefit of the blessing that God gives. This is, this is how you move past and don't let that become idle and don't let it become that thing that you put so much hope in, so much trust in. And I'm just a benefactor. I'm benefiting from the blessing that God has given me. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says this, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts. Everybody say, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That love is always trusting. Love is full of trust. It's full of giving trust and reciprocating trust. It's this Thing. It, love is who God is, and he's fully trustworthy. And when we place our worship in him, we find that worth. He's always trusting. He, love is always trusting. But how many of you know when we're trusting, uh, sometimes trust gets broken. We have broken trust. Uh, man, I trusted you. I, I trusted you. Those, those are the most hurtful words in the world, right? The, the, the thing that every employer is coached on with their employees is just give trust. Don't give mistrust. Because as soon as you give mistrust, there's fraction. And there's brokenness that happens. Just give trust. So we have this broken trust that happens a lot. And it's us essentially putting our worship in the wrong place. We haven't been putting our love in the right place. The right place is centered on God who is full of love, who is always love. And if he's always love, he's always trustworthy. But we put it into many gods, little gods. We misplace our trust. And this is helpful to know because it comes back to an idol. An idol, anything that an object or others before God. So we put our trust in him and him alone. Sometimes I misplace it. I misplace it. Like I, I make somebody bigger than they ought to be. I put them before God. I put other things first. That's oftentimes how you know if you've misplaced it. If did you put something else before him? It's just misplaced. It's not like you have bad intentions, wrong intentions, ill motives, or anything like that. Have you ever misplaced anything? You, know, you misplaced something. I was at a gas station once, and I was filling up the car. I go back to the car. I go open it. I never lock my car door, and I always keep the keys in it. And so I'm opening, and I'm locked out. Have you locked your keys in the car before? Any confessions? So I go around. I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, the gas is here. I got to go pay for it. I don't know what to do. Where are my keys? So I'm asking somebody to help me. They come over. They have a clothes hanger. I don't know if they do this for a profession. Like if they're getting cars, you know, on the side and taking them places. But, but they're helping me probably open my door and unlock the door. And as soon as the door is unlocked, I'm like, I hit my pocket, and I hear a jingle. And then I do one of these on the sly. 
hey, thanks, man. Thanks for helping me. We'll see you later. I said, see you later. You found them? Yeah, they're right here. They're right here. I, like, I think I drop them, like, onto the car seat, you know? Like, I think I do one of those things. And I just misplaced them. I always have them one place, but I just misplaced them. And it's so easy to misplace our trust. It happens so quickly. It happens sometimes even without thinking. It happened so quickly for my keys to be misplaced in my pocket instead of the ignition. And, and over there where it's supposed to be, every time I get gas, I do the same thing with the keys. Why did I put them in my pocket? No idea. Why did I lock the door? No idea. Why are you worshiping something other than God? No idea. It happens so subtly. And then you wake up hurt. Hurt by the church. Hurt by the person discipling you. Hurt by a friend. Hurt by your workplace. Get hurt. Maybe you just misplaced it. Maybe you misplaced where God really wanted you to focus. We've all been hurt before. Even then, the Bible read, reads stories of hurts. You read, read stories of, of Peter betraying Jesus. I thought I could trust you, Peter. And there's betrayal because he worshiped fear. Versus the Savior. You read David in Psalm 55, he gets hurt. And in, in, in that psalm, you could read it this week, it, it talks about his hurt and his pain of, of somebody. It was my colleague. It was my co-equal. It was somebody who was supposed to be there for me. And I'm hurt and in pain. It happens to all of us. We all find that there is Trust that is broken, and we've misplaced trust. And it kind of feels like Raya, where you re realize the world's broken. Check out this next clip. Being people is hard. Yep. Six, seven. You have small heads, no tails. You lie to get what you want, like the talent chief back there. Yeah, well, the world's broken. You can't trust anyone. Or maybe the world's broken because you don't trust anyone. <laughs> you sound just like my boss. Well, he sounds like a smart man. Yeah, he was. I really wanted to believe him. I really wanted to believe that we could be Kumandra again. And we can. Literally thousands of people turned to stone would argue otherwise. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try. And I did. And you know what happened? I got kicked in the back by someone who gave me a gift. Look around. We're a world of orphans because people couldn't stop fighting over a gem. Obviously, this isn't full gospel. If you give trust to somebody, trust can still be broken. It's not that we're just, just giving trust away so that we can reciprocate trusts. No, we, we are full of love and full of God and full of his grace. That's why we're able to trust to begin with. And we can start putting and placing trust in different situations, but the world is broken. 
And the more that you step out and put trust and, and show love to people and, and move in a place of, of being vulnerable in a discipleship group, in a life group, being vulnerable with one another, the moment you do that, it, it can still backfire. We can still get hurt. There can still be moments of pain. There can still be moments because it's broken. And what she said is so true. The world is broken and now we are orphans. Sounds very familiar to gospel. When the world broke with Adam and Eve, we lost relationship with our father and we became orphaned. Orphaned. An orphan is constantly looking for trust, constantly trying to find their place. What does it look like? How can I be reconciled? How can I get back into this harmonious relationship that brings peace? And it is only through the Father. And so what we have to do is we have to start taking steps, steps towards him. Steps to prioritize the one where trust comes from. We can't overflow with trust if we don't have trust coming in us. So we take steps. We take steps to move more towards him. First steps that happen in our life to move and look more like him. I, I have decided a long time ago that when I woke up in the morning and I did something in the morning, my first step would be to spend time with Jesus. That would be my step. It would be something that I just prioritized that he would be my first before anything else because when you give him your first, it prioritizes your worship. What do you wake up to? Is it the same or is it your Instagram notification? How many hearts did I get last night from the party that I was at? Did anybody DM me? What does my emails look like? What does the workload look like? Let me start making my task list. What do you prioritize first? And it moves you into a place of I want God first. I'm going to have my quiet time. I'm going to spend time with him. There was this moment in our culture, Christian culture, I don't know, some, we have a lot of Christians in here. You grew up in Christian culture where all of a sudden, like, you shouldn't have a quiet time because it's legalistic. And you should always be with God, not like 30 minutes a day. I just want to tell you, that don't work. Like, you need a quiet time. You need time alone with the Father every day. You need to be with him. You need to sit with him. You need to enjoy him. I mean, if your father who created you and made you and know the hairs on your head, who knows your every breath, who knows your gifts and your talents and why you were created, wants to wake up with you and drink some coffee with you and reveal himself to you even more, why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to be with him? So I'm like, I'm going to prioritize that. Another thing I prioritized was giving. As 12 years old, ref in soccer, my first check that I received, I tithed off of it. There has not been one check I have not tithed on since that day. And I'm a little legalistic. All right, you can beat me up later. One time I forgot. I was working at Best Buy. My bank account was dropping. You know, and it was going down. I 
forgot to pay tithe. I had no money to pay the tithe. What was I going to do? I paid double tithe the next week. Like the next paycheck, double tithe. Who does that? And I was like, Lord, you're first. Because my propensity is to make this paper a mini God. To make it an idol. I want to make my time an idol. I want to make my money an idol. I want to make food an idol. I want to make my wife an idol. I'm sure going to make my little girl an idol because she is cute. But I have to put it in God. If I don't put it in God, the brokenness that I experience of this world, it'll cut deep. You know what I mean? Like, we all get hurt. We all have pain. But when I'm not with him, it cuts deep, like debilitating deep, where I can't be everything that God called me to be. We can't be everything God's called us to be if we don't take these first steps, these first steps of spending time with him, of putting him first in all the things that have the propensity to take over. And in clip three, I love this, and the closing clip that I cry in every time. Check it out. The gap of magic is almost gone. They are backing off. They're everywhere. I don't know why they chose me. It could have been any of us. All I know is I trusted them, and they trusted me. And so... Everyone give me your gems. We can still put it together. It can still work. Sisu's gone, Raya. We don't have her magic. It's not about her magic. It's about trust. What? I mean, that's why it worked. That's why we can do it, too. By doing the one thing Sisu wanted us to do, what my ma wanted us to do, to finally trust each other and fix this. But we have to come together. Please. The what she's done? We'll never trust her. Then let me take the first step. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. John 15, 13, as Jesus is talking. This is great love. And obviously, you know the cliche and where I'm going right now. But I want you to stay with me. Raya took this first step, giving her life for her friends so that there would be peace and an opportunity. Jesus himself took the first step. 
He took the first step, and he gave his life. And he died the death that you and I deserve to die so that we could have perfect peace. We could be a part of his family, no longer orphaned, but fully loved and fully known, and be able to enjoy him and put him first. This is great love. This is what he's done. This is who he has called us to be. And it's through this that we have such a great hope and desire to lead in that way. If he always loved me because he's perfect love, then I can always love others. And I can place, I can put my, I can extend trust to others. I can move and extend an invitation to others. I can keep pouring into others even when I get hurt, even when there's pain. I can stay, hey, you before me. I want to see what God has for you. I'm going to start building you up. I can start being vulnerable and transparent in my life groups and discipleship groups and with my spouse and the secrets that I've been hiding, I realize I can just come out and I can, I can just let those go and I can just confess those because, because I'm in Christ and I've placed my trust in him and he went first and now that's an example of how I can lead. And it's great harmony. When that happens, people come with you because they want to meet what's inside of you. They want to meet him. Check out this last clip. did you proud hope you don't mind she brought some friends Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. The old covenant made a lot of promise. Made a lot of promise saying, I'm going to choose a bunch of family. I'm going to choose some friends. But in the new covenant, the promise is fulfilled. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. When Jesus gave his life, he's bringing a family with him. He's bringing a bunch of people with him. He's bringing them into a place of peace. Everlasting peace. 
new life in Christ. This is what he offers you and I. So we're commissioned today in a couple ways. One, we're commissioned to lay down anything that is creeping up that's been misplaced and start placing our trust in Christ. That's what we're commissioned to do and start making first steps. The second thing we're commissioned to do is we're supposed to go tell other people about this good news of what Christ has actually done and bring them into the family. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I realize when I talk trust and I've talked brokenness, there's some people in this place realize, man, I'm hurt. I got pain. I still feel broken. And to be honest, I placed something before God, and it cut real deep. I didn't expect that one. What I love about God is he's a God who mends a heart. So I'm praying that he begins to heal the place that is hurt this morning. I'm going to pray that over you. And for those who don't know Christ, they don't know this love that brings perfect peace. They don't know this Jesus, the Jesus, who has made the way so that we can be restored and have life and be adopted to his kingdom. The Bible would say, confess with your mouth that you try to do it your own way. Believe in your heart that he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Trust him. Put your faith in him. And watch how he makes you new. In a moment, he adopts you. He says, you're mine. So, Father, I just thank you. Lord, if there's hurt in this room, if there's pain, if there's brokenness, if there's mistrust, God, I pray that you would heal hearts. Go ahead and put your hand on your heart, everybody. And I just want you to pray a prayer. Father, you see my hurt. You see my pain. Father, would you heal what's broken, what's hurt? Father, would you mend it? Father, just like last week, help me forgive. I forgive. Fill in that blank, whoever you need to forgive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you that I can forgive others. Thank you for a healed heart. We love you. And Father, anybody who is wanting to take a step towards you and trust you with their life, saying, I'm tired of going my way. I want to go your way. Lord, I pray for them. And I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself in a tangible way, a visual way, 
a way that they would remember today that would define them for the rest of their life. Would you do that? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.